Welcome to Sunshine Studios, home of the Steve Piasecki Podcast. Dead Stripper is the first book in the Steve Piasecki series. But a word of caution before you continue. Dead Stripper contains explicit content, such as strong language and the depiction of graphic sex and violence, including murder. Therefore, this podcast might not be suitable for all audiences. Forewarned is forearmed. And now, in the chapter 20 of Dead Stripper, when Jess drives Steve home from his arraignment, they bicker about the progress of their relationship, and when they arrive at Steve's apartment, they learn that Steve's grown a tail. Scene 77. Two minutes later, getting inside my Envoy SUV, outside Magisterial Court. Would you like to drive? Jess asks. I have to pick up my stuff at the police station. Be easier if you drive. Sorry I was late. She starts driving. Nah, you were just in time. I'm changing the subject, she says. My old manager just started a new gig. His name's Artie, and he wants to hire me. That's what took so long. Where? It's a brand new franchise, and it's opening not far from the grob. So, what do you think I should do? What do you think you should do? I'm not sure. That's why I'm asking you. You didn't tell me anything about it. They're from Louisiana. It's an upscale operation, sort of like Fridays or Chickies and Pete's, but Cajun. It won't be ready for another two months, but he'll hire me now. There's lots of prep work to get ready to open, and he knows I'm a good worker. Did you like working for him? I did. He's a great boss. Sounds like you just made your own decision. Scene 78. Twelve minutes later, outside the Clifton Heights police station. Drop me at the door. Shouldn't take long. And I'm out the door of the envoy and heading for the entrance to the police station. Scene 79. Five minutes later. I exit the police station with all my personal belongings back in my possession. Jess pulls up, opens the door, and gets out. You drive. I get behind the wheel, wait for her to get in, then pull away. When I ran over to Bryn Mawr, she says, I passed by a small house that's for rent. That's nice. I thought we could take a look at it. Jess, I already told you, getting established as a writer comes before anything else. Until then, I can't consider any sort of commitment. The police station's only six blocks from my apartment, and we get back there in no time. I see an open spot right in front of my building, pull in and park. Well, I have this wild idea, she says, that by now we're at least boyfriend and girlfriend. What's your hurry to put a label on things? Bottom line, I want to settle down and get married someday. Getting a place together would give us a chance to see if we're compatible. And I think running something together would be a fair test than asking you to move into my place. What would you do with your place? Rent it out? Jess, we just met six days ago. Exactly 135 hours ago. Do you have an app keeping track of the time? Speaking about time, how about letting me know when you have a little time for me? And she starts getting out of the onboard. Where are you going? Away from you. I don't want to intrude on your precious writing time. Give me a call when you can squeeze me in. Just wait. She turns her head to face me. What? 
Can we at least go inside and talk about this? She smiles. We get out of the envoy and I start leading the way to the entrance. Scene 80. I unlock the front door of my apartment building and hold the door open. Jess enters in front of me. We take three steps inside the lobby and here comes the apartment manager running down the stairs. He steps in front of us and blocks our progress. His name's Earl. He's closing in on 60. He's not very handy, but he likes to wear coveralls to make it look like he is handy. And he's huffing and puffing from running down the steps. What are you, a drug dealer? What are you talking about? The cops searched your apartment today. I know. This is a respectable place. It's over and done with. They're gone. No, they're not. What are you talking about? They're still here. Where? He retreats to the back wall. Then he loops around to avoid the wall of windows facing the street and stops behind a giant potted palm tree. Come here and see for yourself. I start moving straight toward him. Stop. Stay away from the windows. Do you want them to see you? Don't you know anything? I thought I did. I back away from the windows, then loop around and wind up behind the same potted palm. Earl points out the windows. Right there. I look out the windows, but it takes a few seconds to see what he's talking about. A SEPTA station sits on the other side of the street. I see dozens of cars parked in the lot, but one car eventually sticks out like your proverbial sore thumb. I see two faces inside the vehicle, both white males. One sitting behind the wheel drinking coffee, and the other's looking through a pair of binoculars. The unmarked car is in perfect position to keep an eye on my vehicle, on the entrance to my building, and on my apartment windows on the third floor, directly above where we're standing right now. I never saw either face before. Then another unmarked car pulls up and stops beside the first car. I can see both faces inside the second vehicle and recognize the two detectives who arrested me. I don't know what to say. Sorry. Sorry don't cut it here, buddy. We can't have any drug deals going on here. I lived here for almost three years and never caused one ounce of trouble until today. It's a case of mistaken identity, pure and simple. But thanks for letting me know about the cops. Make sure nothing else happens. Or else. Or else what? Or else I revoke your lease and kick you the hell out. Just try it, pal. My brother's a lawyer. He'll sue the living shit out of you, and I'll wind up owning this building and kicking your ass the hell out. Scene 81. One minute later. Jess and I climb the two flights to reach my floor. The door to my apartment's right there. We stop, and I start digging the keys out of my pocket. So, your brother's a lawyer. I don't have any brothers. What about sisters? Nope, only child. That explains a lot. So you just lied to that man. Not really. What would you call it? Exercising discretion. Would you ever lie to me? Do you really want me to answer that? I certainly do. Only if the situation dictates. So you're willing to bend your rules when it works to your advantage. Look, let me know when you're finished with the ear job. I unlock the door and push it open for Jess. I'm done. For now. She enters. I close the door and lock it then go straight to the living room. I see the screensaver floating around on the TV screen, so I pick up the remote, click twice, and an episode of Breaking Bad replaces the screensaver.
Looks like all your furniture's here. But the laptop's gone, so is my printer, my file cabinets, and all my books. I walk over the front windows, peer outside, and see both unmarked cars across the street. Can you believe those fuckers put a tail on me? Could you actually go to jail? Possible. And the thought of going to jail scares the living shit out of me. But I'm not that worried. All they have is circumstantial innuendo to a crime I never committed. So I think everything's going to work out in the end. So, do you want to go with me? Where? I need a computer to revise my story. Aren't all your files on the laptop that the cops just took? Yes and no. How's that? Every six hours, I send an email to myself with the files attached. That way, I can get on any computer, go online, and open my email account, and download the attachments. That's pretty smart. Comes from being an only child. I start walking down the hallway. Be right back. Where are you going? Gonna brush my teeth. You know, you have a bad attitude about our relationship. I start brushing, pretend I can't hear it. You're ignoring the possibility of building a lasting relationship. That's not the only thing I'm ignoring. And that's exactly what could jeopardize our relationship. Middle ground exists, you know, where we can accomplish both goals. You can work on getting published, and we can grow our relationship at the same time. Well, she comes walking down the hall. I'm wiping my mouth with a towel. Did you say something? Nothing important. So do you want to go with me? I have no desire to walk around the mall and watch you look for a new computer. Besides, I have to see Bernie at six. Oh uh, yeah, that's right. I walk to the window and peer outside again. This time I only see the first unmarked bar. Let me go first. Why? The cops saw you come in with me just now, but they don't know what kind of car you drive. If I go first, they'll tail me and not you. You really think they'd do that? Bernie said they're willing to do anything. Oh, and next time you come over, park around back so they don't see you come in. If there is a next time. And that's the end of chapter 20. Join us next time when Jess pays a visit to Margot to reconcile their differences in regard to Steve. Then Jess keeps her meeting with Bernie to file her deposition. Thanks for being here. Until next time.